Hello friends! This is People Are Interesting with Jan K. In each episode of this show, unique individuals share stories that take us on a ride across ideas and places. Featuring crocodile attacks in Indonesia, escaping war-torn Lebanon, and shark protection schemes in Mauritania. This podcast takes you where you've never been before. Enjoy and thank you for joining the club. What are the things you work on with your with people that come to you? So you've mentioned that it's holistic yes. approach, but what 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 does that actually mean? Yeah, good question. So um Holistic, as I briefly mentioned at the start of the video or start of the podcast, uh, it's a whole person approach. And the way that I separate this into kind of groups or fields to make it, make it, make it uh, easier for someone to understand is what are the areas that we in life that we can't live without? So in ISC, these, these are our gods because we can't go without oxygen. We can't go without breathing. So one area that I focus on is breath. We can't live without this. Uh, water. Water is our God because we can't live without it. It's something that we can only go a, a few days without. Nutrition. Nutrition is another area that I focus on because we can't go more than I think. It depends. The people, a lot of people have gone lengths without food but we you, you get the point you can't we don't eat we die sleep so sleep is another area that i focus on because if we don't sleep we we die movement movement is another area because the body needs movement we need movement in order to pump fluids to pump um blood and to, if we don't move like if someone's in an, ex, an extreme and they find themselves in hospital where they just are completely bedridden, we, they slowly lose body parts. So movement's another important uh, aspect to our health. And the last one is thoughts. Um, thoughts. Thought is movement. Every time we think a thought, we have movements around the body of certain, you know, if you're sad or if you're happy, there is um, certain processes that go along with this. So those are the six, the six foundations to my, to my work. And I focus in on these foundations, depending on the person, because I see, I view health is, it's a very dynamic state. So it's the example that I give my clients and I have this on my website is imagine you're a surfer riding a wave. Every wave you face is going to be different. Okay. It's never going to be the exact same wave. So how you position your feet on the board and how you position your balance is relative to that wave in that moment. This is health. So some days we don't get the sleep that we desired. So we're, maybe we have a child or there was mosquitoes buzzing around and you just didn't get that sleep. So you have less sleep. So your health balance is now off. It's just a slight little bit. So how can you bring it back through maybe... Uh, meditation practice the next day just to get some extra rest into your day and through hydration and through nutrition. So for me, it's about how can I bring awareness to each client, enough awareness so they understand these foundations. 
they understand that these are the foundations that support them having an experience of life. And at the same time, the more their awareness they have to these foundations, the, you could say the uh, healthier and the, the greater their experience of life. Um, so our balance is within these six. And because uh, life is it's always changing, we have to adapt to our circumstances through using these six. So it's, it's really about me spreading as much awareness as I can relative to that person and their situation. If that kind of makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, of course. Of course it does. So what's the process for you? Let's say a person walks through the door. What, how do you assess them? Is if, if that's even the correct term to use for you. Because you yeah, said it's that it's... Good term. It's because you said that you need to find a, there is some sort of a balance or potentially off balance, right? You're either healthy or something is off, but probably you're never perfectly healthy um, anyway, right? Um, but it's, it's a spectrum, let's say. So how do you figure out where they are on the spectrum and what's holding them back? Yeah, good question. Um, you were right in your word, assessments. I have many comprehensive assessments that I have gained access to through my qualifications. So I'm a Czech qualified practitioner, holistic health and lifestyle practitioner, and through the Czech Institute. And through my study, I have been granted access to some very comprehensive questionnaire systems. Um, so the process would look something like this. I send a 10-day food, sleep, exercise, digestion. So I want to know about your, your toilet history, your toilet um, relationship or circumstances, which to some people, is, has, they don't see the purpose in um, their digestive, um, I could say, circumstances so yeah. going to the toilet once a day to say that they don't see too much importance of it so 10 day food food diary sleep diary training diary uh, digestion and then from this i get to see okay these are the things they're having then i have comprehensive health questionnaires that tell me exactly what systems in their body are out so is it a an adrenal adrenal or an immune system or digestive anger? Is it got to do with um, just the different systems of the body? So from there, I have another questionnaire that tells me about their, their history, emotional, mental history, their goals. So through all my questionnaires, I have a, a picture that's very painted of this person, who they are, their history, where they currently are and what they're currently doing. And then it goes into what systems in their body are currently out. Then I put this all together. And now I have a bit more of an idea of the person that's sitting in front of me. Um, because for instance, I have um, without naming names, two clients recently that are at completely different stages in their, in their health. So I can't give them, the exact same protocol, you know, one, one, one guy, um, 
he's has problems with his liver. His doctors said he needs to lose weight quick and he's got a lot of problems with his liver. Now, his lifestyle is completely um completely different to my other girl. Like he's eating more, more fast food than he is uh more processed and fast food than he eats fresh food. He's not drinking any water. He's not exercising. Now, for me to give him a an a program that just like okay, you're going to cut out this 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 and this. I think it's going to cause more shock than anything. So I need to meet him where he's at. So a lot of my question is provide me enough of a an understanding of where is this person on the spectrum that you said? Where are they more or less so that I can meet them there and slowly slowly progress them through their own journey of where they want to go, not where I want to take them. It's where they want to go. What are their dreams? What are their goals? And the only way I can do this is through yeah, uh, a lot of a lot of questionnaires, a lot of assessments. So, to those who might not know it, what's the Czech Institute? The Czech Institute. So, if you were to type into the internet, poor Czech, he is, in my eyes, uh, one of the world's most renowned holistic practitioners he to me is the the godfather of holistic health um he has a podcast an amazing podcast uh living 4d with paul check um and i heard about him when i was a personal trainer but his way of approaching health was a little bit too out of the box for me um i was more into the poliquin style of olympic lifting and strength and conditioning kind of you know hit the ground ra 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 just train until you you know that kind of hit your head against the wall and keep training through pain type of thing where his was more um the yin and yang style of health so rest is rest hard train hard type thing so the check institute it's an holistic institute it's a it's an institute that's dedicated to holistic health to training um practitioners in more than just the conventional way of of seeing of seeing health so if anyone is really into this alternative way of approaching life i would strongly suggest just start off listening to his podcasts and he's got so many the institute has so many different ways uh, different avenues there's so many different qualifications so the check institute is to me an an alternative place where you can gain qualifications in in different variations of of health what's what's there the name of the online where you can find it to for those who might be so, potentially interested the institute is c h e k check institutes and the owner of the institute the creator is paul check p a u l c h e k and his podcast which i strongly re- recommend anyone who has a bit of an out of the box way of approaching life or is interested in just here in other perspectives is living 4D with Paul Check. Okay. 
So to those of listeners, if you want to dig further, if you're curious about the credentials or about the whole system of what Paul's doing, you can go there and, and dig deeper. Okay, so there are those elements that um, help you assess people. And what are some of the things you tend to see? Are there any patterns? Yeah, um, a lot of patterns, a lot of people, just to be completely blunt, don't drink enough water. Um, so a lot of patterns that I see, um, actually, I bring that back. Uh, one of the, a lot of the things that people, there's a lot of patterns in terms of, there's a lot of similarities when I see people's questionnaires, a lot of people aren't doing certain things. So that's one pattern, uh, which would be going to bed on time and, uh, drinking enough water people just don't take these things seriously so that's that's a pattern that i see they don't see the importance of that but in terms of uh, a pattern that i work on a lot is we we tend to do things do it's like we we do all of something or we do none of something so it's like we we don't just eat one biscuit we after two or three biscuits we tend to just uh, fuck it eat the packet Oh yeah, and man. We have this... I can relate. <laughs> Oof. I was literally about to tell think... you that I, I'm completely out of <laughs> out of whack when it comes to compulsive eating. So, <laughs> yeah, and I think this is a this is a pattern that it's a kind of um, relative. Emo- it's 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 life in most people's in in most people's day. So, especially around holidays, you know, we we go okay, it's a holidays or it's a busy day. So I'm just going to focus on relaxing and not doing anything. Or it's such a busy day, so I need to finish this work. And we just completely forget uh, about anything um, relatively, uh, quote unquote, healthy. And we just go all in on what we're doing. Now, there's benefits to that. You know, if you've got to complete something for school or for work and you just go all in, yeah, you complete it. But for how long can you do that? I think for short periods of time, this pattern of going all in has its benefits, but we don't just do it for a day. We, we stretch it on and we stretch it on and we stretch it on. And I, the analogy that I give my clients is always try to have a little bit of skin in the game. So this is a pattern that I work on a lot with my clients. It's how can I create a morning routine where it's just enough where no matter what happens in someone's day, no matter what you know, life brings to them, it, it could be a crazy busy day. I have one client who's a head coach of a football team, a soccer team in Japan. He's the head coach of the first division side. So his life is crazy busy. But then I have another client who does jujitsu. She has a regular nine to five job. She studies. So her life is a little bit different. Then I have another guy who's a family member. I mean, sorry, a father. So he has a family and he's the owner of his, his business. So his life is relatively busy as well. And a common thread that I saw between them was this. They go all in and they just completely forget about it. And then they find that life just seems to blow them so far off track 
that they find it hard to navigate themselves back to this healthy way of living. So I said, how can we keep enough skin in the game that still gives you the flexibility and the freedom within your lifestyle, within your day, so you can do the things you're doing without feeling shameful or guilty or without losing yourself so far when you decide to, to when you do have the extra time energy. So things like, okay, wake up, um, drinking enough water in my day, making my bed, doing some sort of um, gratitude practice and some sort of kind of breathing or meditation, breath work, something that doesn't take any more than 10, 15 minutes. So yeah, I, I've kind of, I've gone around a little bit, but to, to, to answer your question in one sentence, a common theme is this and a common way of me bringing it back is how can I create a routine in someone's life that can be performed irrespective of the situation or the circumstances or the resources they have access to. So it's, it's a grounding, some grounding rituals that even if they're, their time, energy, and money, and resources is at like a level one out of 10, they can still perform it. And at times when their life gives them more time, gives them more energy, gives them more resources and more effort, then they can step their routine up more. So it's creating some sort of grounding routine that can support their, their lifestyle. Okay. So th that's definitely something that I see kind of the baseline of, of, of this. What are the things that average person but for not drinking enough and not sleeping enough, what's taking toll on people's lives? Let's say, maybe let's keep it to um, the, the kind of modern life as, as probably you know it from Australia and I, I know it from Europe. Um, the, the, the toll, uh, it's a, it's a knock on, it's a knock on effect. So for example, when someone has a cigarette, butt and they throw it out of the window, a lot of the times they don't see the direct implications of this, of littering or throwing rubbish into, into nature. We don't see the, the, we don't feel or see the direct implications. So we, we find it easy to ignore. But that doesn't mean that on a greater whole, this isn't impacting us. Now, with our health, we kind of see it like that. So if we don't, if we have a late night, for example, and we stay up watching our favorite show on Netflix, and then we wake up the next morning, there is an impact, but we're not so aware that it's from this. We just wake up a little bit tired. So usually we just turn to some coffee Most people eat some sugar, some carb high, some a carbohydrate sugar breakfast. So we get this spike in energy. So we feel good. And then when our blood sugar drops and everything starts to drop, we just keep repeating this cycle. So we don't realize that it could be, we could get ourselves out of this cycle by just going to bed on time. Um, so we don't feel the direct implication. Same when we, if someone doesn't drink enough water, okay, you might get a little bit of a headache it's dehydration. You get a bit of a headache. You don't, you feel like uh, a little bit, <laughs> you drink water. You feel a little bit, um, 
uh, feel a bit tired. Now, this, this is communication from our body. This is your body communicating, okay, you need to drink water. But we've lost touch with this, this communication. So when someone's feeling thirsty because they haven't been drinking water, usually, sometimes, not usually, you could say often people turn to juice, they turn to soft drinks, they turn to energy drinks. They don't hear or feel this connection. They've lost touch with this is my body asking for water, not soft drink. This is the same with sleep. So the implications, we, I think we've lost direct touch with the implications and we keep trying to soothe these implications with quick fixes, which over time is going to create such a big, um, how do I say it? It's like your body will keep knocking at the door and in, in it, after some time, if you don't open the door, it will knock the door down and it will force rest upon you. So, um, yeah, so the, the implications are there. I think we're disconnected from them. And the more disconnected and over time, this just compounds and compounds, you'll, you'll get, find yourself in a, uh, you'll find yourself getting sick so th these are the implications of just not drinking water and not sleeping and some of the other things that I, that I practice or that I teach. One, another thing I would say that interests me is, and it links to ayahuasca practice. Do you see people trying potentially to cut corners? So, just like people would prefer to take diet pills rather than work out. Do you think what's the, because obviously you should essentially live a healthy lifestyle and then probably on, on top of that, or, or maybe, you know, actually correct me if I'm wrong. And maybe on top of that, you should do the ayahuasca, for example, rather than, because let's imagine someone who eats fast food every day, right? And then they, they, then they will try to kind of have a healthy, kind of like low-hanging fruits when it comes to like healthy lifestyle, let's say. Um, so let's imagine my life is a mess. I'm going to do ayahuasca and try to fix it this way, but I don't have the, the, all the all the basics covered. Do you see that in, in people? And what would be your answer to this? It was pretty circular to get out of, <laughs> of me what I actually wanted to ask you. No, no, I understand. Um, <clears throat> I understand the question. Or oh, I understand the context of what you're asking. Um, in terms of the, the, I mean, the short answer is you can't out, you can't out, uh, you can't outrun a, a bad diet you can't outrun bad practices you know there's only certain there's only so far you can go until your engine until something happens you know you can you can train as hard as you like if you're eating rubbish food your your skin's still going to be it's still going to show in your skin it's still going to show in your mood it's still going to showing your ability to, to fall asleep at night. It's still going to show maybe in your breath or in the quality of your hair. Like these things, you can't out-train these things. Um, and you can drink as much ayahuasca as you like. And 
you can have this direct communication with whatever it is God means to you or God is to you. You can have this direct, beautiful, amazing connection. But at the end of the day, um, you still live in this reality and you, there's still action that needs to be taken. You know, someone can show you that this is your purpose and this is your path. You still need to walk it. It still needs to be done. Um, like with me, I every time I, I, I um, go to these ceremonies, I get taken back into myself and back into who I am. And I, I get it. There's a different, there's a different intention behind them, but I still need to wake up every day and do the, like, I think it's carry, what is it? Uh, carry water. And what's the saying? Um, chop wood and carry water. I think it is. You, you, there's the day-to-day things. So there's only so much people can, can cheat or out, out, uh, I think I've kind of gone in a few different ways, but I think a lot of people think ayahuasca is an answer to their life. Yes, it is a answer, but they still need to do the work in the day-to-day things. And then in terms of people um, focusing on, okay, I'm going to do one part of health, but I'm just going to forget everything else. Like I'm going to train and eat healthy, but I'm going to go out, you know, every other night and get completely wasted and take a bunch of drugs or, live a life that's, you know, against my values. Okay. How long can you do that until something breaks down? So I, I see that is gradually you, this is what I mentioned at the start about the tribes, people living as a, as spiritual people. There's, there's spirituality, which to me means, you know, your awareness and your connection to a greater whole. Now that's one thing you can, have this idea of spirituality, but are you living it? Are you practicing it? And I think the, the more people understand what that is, the greater they will experience and show this within their actions and within their life. So someone who doesn't really get it will maybe just, they'll, you know, they, they say, oh, I go to church every Sunday, but then 90% of their life contradicts what it means to go to church or what it means to, to, to be spiritual, what it means to be religious, if that makes sense. So the greater your understanding is of what it means to be human and what it means to be spiritual is I, I believe a reflection in how you live your life and the practices that you do every day. And so let's take you as an example. Would you be able to talk about your practices and what you do daily to keep yourself uh, functioning and happy? functioning especially in this world today functioning is a good good choice of word (laughs) um yeah certainly so i wake up at about lately i've been a bit sick so my i've been sleeping in a little bit more but usually i wake up around six in the morning and i like to start my mornings first thing with water and sunlight so I rehydrate my body and I, uh, I sh- uh, what would it be? I expose my skin to a bit of sunlight because the, there's a certain level of lux, which is a type of sun, the type of rays that come off the sun in the morning that helps to set our circadian rhythm. 
So it helps the, the onset of cortisol release and then helps with uh, melatonin in the evening. So I just support this by rehydrating and getting some sun in the morning. Then I like to uh, do my breathing practices. Now, some days I go to the beach and I'll do a 10 minute meditation and then I jump in the water. I like to do some sort of cold water therapy in the morning. So if I'm close to the, I live on the beach and if it's, if, if, if the weather permits it, or if I wake up the right time, I'll go to the beach. If not, I just do it here. So I'll wake up water, sunlight, meditation. Um, with the meditation, I do a 10 minute seated meditation. Then I do a, an alternated nostril meditation just to balance the hemispheres of my, of my brain. It helps to kind of really balance yourself. And then I do a 30 minutes Wim Hof breathing. Um, anyone who's never done any type of breath work, I would advise them to type in the internet Wim Hof. It's, he's the most kind of, kind of a commercialized known person in the field. So I've studied his method. Uh, so I do a 30 minute Wim Hof, 30, 40 minute Wim Hof breathing breath work session. And then I have a cold shower. So that's my day-to-day -day morning rituals. Uh, sometimes I do Tai Chi, but it just depends on how much time I have. But that's my morning routine that I do day-to-day -to, -day to keep me grounded and, and ready for the, the day ahead. And then um, I fast every day. So I don't eat until around 1 p.m., actually, yeah, about 1 p.m. So after I've done all my breathing, meditation, cold water, water, all these practices, I, I say, say to my clients and to my friends, I feel like a, the mix between a monk and a warrior, like this really grounded spiritual monk. <laughs> it's, it's really cool. And then I have a, a bulletproof coffee. Um, are you aware of bulletproof coffee? No. <laughs> basically it was coined it was coined by dave asprey but my grandfather used to do this when he was a child so it's been been done for years and years and years you you put fat uh, so i put ghee and coconut in with my coffee and then i mix it and the fat helps to bind to the caffeine so it slows down the release of caffeine but it also helps with um, flipping your body into ketosis. So you burning fat for fuel instead of, instead of sugars. And it also helps with curbing hunger. So if I don't feel hungry until, you know, one, two, sometimes 12, depending on the day. Um, so this is all I have in the morning. I'm hydrated. That's the main thing I focus on. Make sure I'm hydrated before I have the caffeine. Um, but yeah, that's my morning. That's how I start every single day. They're my practices. Let me ask you this. If you add fat to your coffee, does that not, does that not knock you out of starvation mode when you're fasting? Uh, out, of, um, out of fasting. Yeah, I think there's the, the real kind of uh, gung-ho fasting community out there that would say, because fasting, to break a fast means to consume calories. So... Technically, by consuming calories, you're breaking the fast. Um, but if you look at 
many uh, traditional kind of cultures out there that have been fasting for many years, a lot of them drink teas. They have teas with their fasts. And a lot of teas do have a certain amount of calorie or caloric kind of uh, quantity to them, an amount to them. So I, I think depending on the type of calories, does it, does it, does it um, support a ketogenic kind of, um, yeah, does it, does it support your body remaining in ketosis or does it take you out of ketosis? And for me, this is one of the main purposes of fasting. It's to, I mean, there's, there's many, many, many benefits to fasting. But one of the most common benefits is when you fast, your body switches to ketosis. So you're burning the, the fats. Now, by, by consuming fat, technically, you're still supporting this, uh, this, this switch. <laughs> uh, that's- so that, that's kind of my understanding of it. Okay, fair. And is, what about your sleeping routine? Yeah, just as important um, as it is to have a morning routine in, in my eyes, um, I think it's important to have a sleep routine because you, you're, everything's a, it's a domino effect, right? You, you, you sleep poorly, you wake up tired, then your choices that, that, um, that kind of go on after this are usually because of our poor sleep. So, and then vice versa, you start the day really well, you're more likely to, to maybe do better, to, to have more energy and accomplish more in your day. If you're more likely to accomplish more in your day, then you're more likely to stick to, it's this, this cycle. So in terms of my night routine, it's not as kind of long as my morning routine, but I like to go to bed between 10 and 10.30 because of the, the, the moon the sun and moon cycles. So it's, it's, it's better for your circadian rhythm and uh, the release of melatonin. Um, so around 10, I will head into my room. It's nothing crazy. I'll head into my room and I'll do a gratitude practice and uh, kind of like a prayer. And I'll have a, it's, it's just a 10, 15 minute meditation. So I like to light, light a candle gratitude, meditation, and sleep. It's nothing, nothing too major, but it, that's, that still that, that 15 minutes, it's a, it's, it's enough to, to, I believe to, just to kind of tell my body, Oh, now it's time to, to sleep. Um, in the night, I, which you could also say is a bit of a practice. I try not to work past uh, anything past like eight thirty. Like uh, I, I tend to eat dinner at around six. So I might do a little tiny bit of work after dinner, but um, I think good start to unwind past six, seven o'clock because otherwise you'll find yourself tired, but wired in bed. You know, you're, you're sleepy, but you can't find you get yourself to sleep. So I think it, it depends the, Depending on if someone's having a lot of trouble sleeping, I don't have an, I don't have trouble sleeping. I fall asleep like this. 
would depend on me focusing on that aspect of someone's life if I was working with their health and creating more of a routine to really start to program their body to tell them that it's time to sleep. So for me, it's just a 15-minute thing. That makes perfect sense. And then what about the food you eat? Yeah, the food I eat, I, I... I'm a strong advocator for telling people that there's no such thing as a wrong or a right diet. Um, I tend to eat a very, a varied diet. And my main thing is eating as much uh, vegetables as possible, um, eating as many different types of proteins as possible. I limit my my carbohydrate content. I'm not against carbs. I just find that when I eat too much rice, too much bread or pasta or starchy vegetables, I feel very heavy. So I, I limit these. I, I do eat them sometimes. I just, I just limit them. So my, my, um, most of my meals consist of about four different types of vegetables, different colors. I always try to include different colors lots of fiber and fat and protein. So just to give you an, an example, my dinner last night was chicken thighs. I made uh, a homemade parsley and basil sauce. That was just basically basil, parsley, olive oil, garlic, and chili, <laughs> very simple, with a humongous salad that has all the different colors of the rainbow. And that's something I don't think it needs to be, um, needs to be complicated. It, it can be quite simple, but uh, I think it comes down to the quality and eating varied diets. So we've, we've, we've covered a few of the, of the, of the, of the things you've mentioned. What, what have we got left? in terms of, of the things we've, we've talked about food. We've talked about sleep. We've talked about hydration. We talked about the, um, uh, a healthy morning routine, uh, which I guess would that be movement or you do something particular for movement for yourself that you try to do daily or, or regularly. Yeah, I think okay, movements, for example, one of my clients recently who I mentioned earlier, who had a problem, he's having a problem with his liver. Um, Within his morning routine, I tried to, to really focus on all the foundation principles in some, in some manner, in some form. And my way of approaching it with him was actually having a cold water shower because the cold water really primes your nervous system. It, 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 it awakes everything in your body. So movements... I think it's 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 okay. It's super super important, important, but it's relative to the person and where they are in their life and in their circumstances, in their in their resources and and what's what's important to them. I think thirty minutes a day of some type of movement. This doesn't necessarily mean you need a crazy gym session, but some type of movement where you're going for a walk, or you're using stairs, or you're walking from your office, or whatever it is relevant to you in your day is super important. And through the pandemic and through the times that we found ourselves in, a lot of people have just been home. So they didn't, haven't had to do the commutes. They haven't had to do the daily things that we're used to doing, which means 
some people find the most walking they do is going from their bedroom to the bathroom to the kitchen. So I think just reminding ourselves that 30, at least 30 minutes a day of some type of movement, it's, it's vital to the ability of your body pumping like vital, vital uh, resources throughout the body. Like where our body is a pump, our heart, hearts, everything's blood is being pumped and movement supports this pumping. So for me, in my own life, I, like I said, I do the cold water therapy that supports this. Every day I do some type of either stretching or um, mobility session. It doesn't need to necessarily be, I don't, I don't go to the gym. I, I don't do heavy weights anymore. I did that for far too many years of my life. I tend to stick to more of kind of a mobility or yoga type training inside the house. But um, I really think it's relevant to the person and, and how they feel in that moment in that day. If they're feeling right, like I've been sick the last week, I didn't do any hardcore training. I literally knew my body needed the rest. So I did a lot of Tai Chi just to help, which is a slow movement practice just to help draw in energy. So really, I think it, as much as movement, it's important. The type of movement is just as important. And that type of movement is dependent upon how that person feels in that moment, in, that, in, 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 in their current life situation. Perfect. I'm, I'm somewhat conscious of time. We've been running for a very long. So before we wrap it up, let's talk about your cold water routine and your um, workouts slash mobility exercises. So on point of cold water, let me ask you, what's, what's the... What, what are the benefits of it and how people, because I think the natural aversion of people, I personally love cold water. Um, so <laughs> it's, you know, I, I understand why, why you like it so much, but people have natural aversion for cold water for a very good reason, because before, you know, you had cold water and hot water in the shower, it, potentially if you landed in cold water, that might have meant that you will die. So, um, I think it, straight away, cold water, body's reaction is, holy smokes, this is very, very bad for us, right? So y- your body is just seizing up if the water is really cold. How can people get into cold water? How, how, basically, how can people get more cold water in their lives? Yeah, how can, I mean, there's many questions there, but I'll, I'll answer what I can remember. The easiest way to do it, it's... Start with just about 15 seconds at the end of your shower. Um, the, the, to start your shower off with cold takes a little bit, <laughs> a little bit more. Uh, courage is the, the right word. I was going to say balls, but cu- courage is a perfect word um, because you're already a little bit cold from you know taking off your clothes and your towel, and then to, to hit it, it's like. Uh, you've got a little bit more of a jolt. Um, it's like if you just jump into a cold river, that's a lot easier just to jump in, okay? Because you're, you're, you're jumping. And once you're there, you're there. But it's, it's hard to, to turn the, 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 the tap. So I suggest my clients do the last 15 seconds. And then as you gradually feel more comfortable, 
with these 15 seconds because what you'll find is initially your your breath gets stuck in your throat or gets stuck really close to your heart because your heart's always warm, right? It's pumping blood. So your your breath's stuck here trying to get warm and you just... Uh, and then once we, find, once we can calm ourselves down, you find that your breath starts to just drop. And if you can bring your breath back into a diaphragmic uh, style, you can then start to increase the time where... 30 seconds or a minute or two minutes or three minutes. It's really the same thing. Like what you don't feel too much of a difference between whether it's a minute or two minutes, apart from the, t- the, the you know, the, the timer goes off at a different time because you're just concentrating on your breathing. Um, but initially that, that's quite hard. So I, I tell my clients start with 15 seconds. When you can do that, it's up to 30. And then when you can do that comfortably, 45, and then it just becomes bit by bit. And then you can switch to the start of your shower as opposed to the end of the shower. Um, now, the benefits, I mean, there's there's many, 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 many like physical benefits. Um, I mean, like temperature, just your exposure to temperature. Like um, a lot of people get cold very easily. Like I, I find that my body's, I'm not, I'm not as cold as other people. Um, so my body, my ability to regulate my, my temperature, um, it's uh, a lot better than I, I, I feel other people are. They feel a lot, a lot colder more, more often. Um, but one of the biggest things that I, that I kind of take from it is, your ability to override your mind. So the, when the mind says, no, I can't do something or you can't do something or, you know, when you walk into a supermarket and you see an ice cream, you know, oh, ice cream. We, we just react. Like we go, ah, oh, ice cream, eat. Ah, oh, you can't do this. Yeah, I can't do this. So we just, we get stuck in this kind of position where we just, our, our mind or our ego is just our ruler. Like it's, it, it's the boss and what it says goes. And we just find ourselves, like I said, at the st- I mentioned at the start, in its shadow. And I believe a cold, cold, the spiritual side of the cold water, it is it allows you to override this and you can practice this every morning, every day, because every time you hit that cold water, it, it, it's, you always feel a bit of a shock. So you know that it sucks just a little bit, but you, 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 you're going to continue to override that. So for me, it's like um, practicing be, being in charge of, of my, my own outcomes, my own, my own day, my own reality. Like I'm the boss, not, not this. So when my mind says, ah, it's okay, Paul, you know, it's cold outside. You do it every morning. I'm like, no. Nah. And then I, I continue to do it because it's uh, it's really growing my um, my ability to override um, that part of myself that says I can't do something. I literally agree with you one hundred percent. This is exactly this is exactly how I feel every time it's really cold and I'm getting out into this cold shower and I'm thinking, Oh, maybe not today. And and then I'm thinking, this is exactly today. (laughs) This is exactly why you need to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. And, and you, and it's like, 
even though, like at the end, when you come out, as I, I can't speak for you, but I, I can only speak for myself, it feels amazing. You feel alive. Like everything inside of you is awake. Like you're alive. Your, your adrenaline's pumping. You're, you, you're, you're awake. So you feel good. You feel the endorphins. You feel alive. Okay, so you know it feels good at the end. But even though you know that it feels good, you're, you're, there's still going to be an excuse. And, you know, if you just keep giving in to these excuses, you'll find that it, this, um, re- this represents itself in other aspects of your life because, you know, we're going to have other opportunities in other areas where it's like, like I said, just have that biscuit or, you know, you've been eating so good today, just eat this or, you know, I don't really feel like going to the gym today. Now, some days don't go to the gym. Some days eat the biscuit. Like, you know, it's not the end of the world. Eat the biscuit. But then the more biscuits you eat and the more you don't train, and I I mentioned this at the start about keeping skin in the game, you can find that you get in this downhill spiral before you know it, you're not doing any of your practices and you gave in so much to that voice that you found yourself that you've dug a hole or you're so lost that it's, really difficult to navigate yourself back so these the the small things in life matter and these little things i think stack up like make your bed and then override when your mind says you can't a cold shower it's free and it takes just 20 seconds 15 seconds but that small thing of overriding your mind can impact you getting into a spiral where you know you're you haven't been to the gym now for three months and you're struggling to get back into just, you know, getting in, getting your gym clothes back on again. So I think the little things have a big impact, but we're just not so aware sometimes. We like that instant gratification, that instant result. So, yeah, yeah there, there's a lot of importance to it. Absolutely. Just to close it off, from from based on all the work you did, all the people you've seen. If you could talk to me about building habits, how do you approach building healthy habits and how do you go about curtailing the habits that are harmful to you? Ah. <laughs> um, yeah, th- there's two ways to answer that. One, it's the, to build habits. Now, we have to look at our day and ask ourselves, uh, or what, what habits do I want to include into my life that I can still implement regardless of the context I find myself in? So if we set a habit that's context uh, dependent, so... I want to exercise five days a week in the gym. Okay. That's context dependent. So I need a gym to work out in. And if I don't, then I can't reach this, this goal of mine of sustaining this habit. Now that's, that's, that's uh, playing with fire because our circumstances are always going to change. Our resources are always going to change our situation. So you might find yourself on holiday or having to go somewhere with work or whatever. Um, So the first kind of things that I want to um, establish is how 
what what habits does this person want to establish that are going to be context flexible context flexible so they can adapt they can apply these no matter where they are in the world no matter their circumstances no matter their situation no matter their resources all of these things they can still apply so that's one of the most important parts to setting a habit um, and not shooting yourself in the foot from the start the next part that i think is really important to setting habits or having habits that stick it's the time of the day because we have this kind of psychological friction or psychological um, kind of yeah we call it friction let's just keep that word for instance in the morning we have less things that are in our way and we have more energy so once you wake up for you to do something you've there's less things in your way you got more energy you can you can accomplish that in the afternoon due to melatonin and cortisol uh, switch over usually we're a little bit more tired we're, we're a little bit more kind of cruisy so and you've just worked a day we've just most most people have just worked a whole day so your your melatonin's um your cortisol levels are lower melatonin starting to release you've just worked a whole day so if you if you're putting a habit that you'd like to to do at the end of your day that requires a little bit more energy you've got more friction more psychological barriers now that you have to overcome in order to to do this this habit so i'd say to people depending on the habits you want to implement see how much how much energy does this do these take so if you wanted to to do a meditation if you wanted to start a meditation practice now to meditate doesn't doesn't require much okay you you can you could do a guided meditation or you could do a you know just a a seated one where you follow your breath whatever whatever floats your boat but you could pretty much put this at any point of your day because there's less barriers that are preventing that but if you were to say i want to train i want to go for a run 5 days a week okay at 6:00 in your day now you've got more of a psychological barrier that you need to overcome so these are the things in terms of building habits i would say what's the what's the um context have you got context flexibility and the 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 psychological barriers depending on your lifestyle that could prevent you or to create excuses or to to stop you from performing them uh these are the first two things that i would like i i usually focus on with clients uh when creating uh habits or routines or rituals for that person because it needs to be relevant to to their life um now bad habits i think you said how to get rid of bad habits uh it's relative because you know what's good or what's bad you know um something it's it depends on is it is it serving you is it serving your goals so if someone just to give it just to put some context into the picture if someone's drinking five coffees a day and they would like to sleep better that's their goal now so drinking five coffees could be a bad habit so how can i how can i get them to the point where they're 
able to sleep and reduce their caffeine intake. So I would approach it like this. I call it building a rainbow bridge. So start with, if you're drinking five coffees, easy way, start to drink four coffees. Okay. You're not breaking the bank. So I would say, look at the person's bad habit and how can you slowly reduce it down enough that they, they, they don't actually notice or feel the, the change because we, we be, it's, it's so much of a ritual or a pattern that it's, it's, it's patterned in to our, to our state and how we feel. So if you, if you have a big shock, if you, can, if you shock the system, I think this is going to lead to um, more trouble than good. So another way would be, okay, they're having five coffees, continue having five coffees a day, but reduce the shot instead of having five doubles, having five singles. So there's different ways to approach things where you can still feed the habit, but you're slowly reducing it enough so the body still gets their fix, but it's being reduced down enough um, that you can wean it out. So that's my way of approaching this. Like if someone eats fast food for three meals of their day, then I just say, okay, now we're going to go into a, a plant-based vegan diet of just fresh food. Good luck. <laughs> like you got to be realistic. So if they're eating five Big Mac meals a day, okay, maybe reduce it to um, five medium or five small Big Mac meals. So how can you meet them where they're at, reduce it enough to not shock the body and to wean them off the, the, the bad habit or the bad pattern because their body feels that it, it needs this. It's, it's dependent upon this. Um, and then when they can start to f- understand that they actually and feel that they don't need this, then I think they have not just the physical strength, but they have the psychological strength to really to continue their their uh, journey to overcoming that and to 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 better in and to 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 kind of um, get it to to change the practices. That's so interesting what you're saying. Maybe it's because of my personality or whatever it might be, but I am the other way around. If I want to change something, I prefer to uproot it straight away, and the more kind of damage it causes and the more like the the more dramatic the shift is the better so is yeah i'm the the same i i it's it's like i said and we've kind of said it a few times it's relevant everything is relevant and you you can't paint everyone with the same brush you can't uh, put everyone into the same boat all these different analogies and this is what i um, believe is a lot of the industry. Like you go to the gym and everyone just does the same routine, right? Oh, I want to lose weight. Okay, follow this eating plan. It's, it's you're, you're generalizing. You're painting everyone with the same thing and, and you can't do that because I'm, I'm very similar to you where if someone, if I know something's not right for me or if I want to change something, I do it. And I just, there's no questions about it. So when I... I gave myself the goal, okay, I want to do the splits. And every day or about four days a week, I trained and I did it within like, it was within 
like 75 days, just under 90 days, just under three months. Okay. I, I wanted to, I was like, I'm going to start fasting, give it a go. I didn't, I did it every single day for at least six to nine months to get an understanding and a feel. And I didn't miss a day. I don't need to think about it. It's just part of my ritual. So when I want to do something, I, I change it, especially when I know it's not good for me. I just do it. Just give it a go. Um, now that could be the, it's a quite a controlling, the controlling mindset type thing. And, you know, there's the pro and con to that. Um, but I, I think it's when I, when I, when I speak to the person and when I'm going through my assessments and when I'm asking the questions, I can start to see what type of person they are and how, how much, not, not necessarily that I need to hold their hand, but how, how much I can give them at that, um, to start off with. And cause I know that they will do it or they won't do it or they're going to struggle. And I need to assess that because, um, everyone, everyone's different. Everyone's different. This is incredibly interesting. What you've touched upon the controlling mindset, what, as a, I understand that you believe that you have that, and you've mentioned there are pros and cons to it. What, what, in your opinion, are pros and cons to it? And how do you use it to your advantage? And how do you mitigate the disadvantages of it? Yeah, um, I would say the disadvantage would be anxiety um, because you, you're trying to, uh, okay, I'll say you, I'll bring it back to me. Um, I'm trying, if something doesn't go my way, because I'm trying to mold my day to fit my practices. Um, and, and that's the, the, the controlling and disciplined part of me is that I do all my practices and there's no ifs or buts. I value them so much that I, I practice them, but I'm flexible enough that if I can't practice it in a certain way, I, I'm cool with that. You know, that's fine. So it, and this is me having awareness to my controlling mindset because if I don't allow myself the flexibility, then I'm going to be anxious if I don't have it my way. So I think the the pro is like the, the, the good things are you'll get, you'll get shit done and you'll stick to practices and you won't have as many excuses um, or you'll override these excuses more often than not. But then the, the, the negative side to it or the, the side of it that I need to really have awareness to myself, it's if I'm unable to do something, that's okay. And, and not getting anxious about it. Like, for example, I'm very aware of my bedtime, of going to bed on time. And, you know, but at the same time, I enjoy going out with my friends and very much here in Brazil, it's a very social uh, culture. People are very social. They go out, they have a, lot of, have a few drinks and it's a very happy and social environment. Um, so it's like, how much do I allow myself to go out and not feel anxious that I'm eating into my sleep time, but how much do I stick to my practices of going to bed at 10.30 because I know the knock-on effect of how this, of what this has on my mood and everything else in my day. 
So I think the pro and the con, it's it's that. It's it's managing managing your freedom and flexibility you allow yourself so that you're not anxious or you're not guilty or you feel shameful about not doing something. But at the same time, you're grounded enough to 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 do your practices and and uh, and allow yourself some flexibility. Does, does that kind of make sense? It does because I, I find I find that if you're not if you if you don't allow yourself to have that cake sometimes or you don't allow yourselves to go out and you don't allow yourselves this freedom and your freedom and flexibility, I think the likelihood of you getting anxious when something doesn't go your way will increase. And life, look, life is life, right? It's not the more you try to control something, the more you will suffer, in my opinion because it's always changing and we always have to adapt to our circumstances. So one thing that I'm, I, I continue to, to practice and try to grow each day and each, each year is my awareness of, of it's okay. Like adapt to your situation, adapt to your circumstances. Some days you've got more energy to do something do it some days your circumstances don't allow you to do something that's okay and it's that acceptance of of that and uh that's the control inside is that your how much can i control to uncontrol <laughs> is that the way you deal with the anxiety side of it or do you have some other approaches um i think it all complements each other so meditation um the more I meditate and the healthier I am will allow me to, because I'm not drinking, you know, bucket loads of coffee and, and sugar and I'm eating healthier foods. My nervous system is, is more chilled. And because I am sleeping on time and, and connected to this, my circadian rhythm, again, my nervous system is more chilled uh, because I do work in a lot uh, in a, a field that I, completely adore like this is to me this is my life and i love my work um i and i i and i aware of doing things that i enjoy in my life my nervous system is more chilled so when i do find myself getting anxious about not being able to do certain things because i want to do them like i want to to eat if i go out and i can't eat the foods that i i want to eat instead of getting anxious I'm like, okay, I just won't eat. But over certain, like before I used to get really anxious if I, if I can't do these things. So now I've come, my, I've come to accept certain things that I, um, I can't control everything. And the only thing I can control is my reaction to how I, how I feel about certain things. So the calmer I am and the more I practice my practices, the easier that is. Do you see like the, the roundabout, the, yep. the less practices, the, the less I'm, I'm listening to my, the less I'm practicing my practices, the harder it is to remain centered and balanced when life doesn't go my way. So I see this as a, as a nice little circle that feeds into one another. That makes perfect sense. And just a, a last question, last question, actually, um, to make sure I let I let you go, even though you're such a, um, you have such a depth of knowledge that I could probably be you know 
quizzing you the whole the whole afternoon but let's let's <laughs> let's close close up with this one i would imagine that a lot of people even if they don't perceive it consciously they're not aware of it their nervous system is fired up it's out of balance what are some of the things that you can do to quiet it down yeah i think the um a lot of things it's it's what can you not do which is um would be the biggest help so instead of adding more things to people's lives i think that's part of the problem i think part of the issue we're so revved up and you know rah, fiery is because we're already doing too much and the things that we're currently doing are, are causing the result so i would say once once the art of not doing you know the the less we can do can we start, can we remove some of the things can we remove some of the um sugar can we remove some of the caffeine can we remove you know the some of the hours that we spend in front of the computer uh, i think that would be the the first stage step it's what can i not do how, how, can i can i not do something that can i actually can i sit with myself a lot of people can't sit with themselves for more than you know 10 seconds without checking their phone so it's like how much can i not do uh, which and the, the better you can get at that the more practice you can get at that that's going to have a massive uh, part to play on calming your nervous system so taking things taking some things off your plate now if you wanted to say what are some things that i can put on my plate <laughs> that would support it um really simple drinking more water will balance your your system the most the second you just need 1% dehydration and i think we've got like like 9 billion or 11 billion chemical reactions that are water dependent so when you're slightly dehydrated every reaction in your body now is affected like everything from blinking to moving to to breathing everything's affected just by water so if we were just to increase our water intake um and another thing you could add to the plate would be a basic breathing practice now i know a lot of people are a little bit woo wooy about meditations and i think they just uh they little i think they misunderstand the the idea or the concept but that's That's cool. It's hilarious how defensive But, people are about it actually. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just a misunderstanding of what it is. Not that that's cool. I I too was in that category, so I'm not criticizing anyone who who thinks like that. Um I didn't understand what it was. I didn't understand. I I I it's like how can you criticize something when you don't understand it? You know, you have people have such a strong opinion about something but they but yet they have zero idea of what it is or what it isn't. So my um my tip for people and it's something that I practice when I meditate it's really simple to do. It's if you're feeling a little bit anxious or if you want to just to practice a way of calming the body instantly, it's 
take take a breath in. Let's say you take a breath in that's a four-second long breath. So through your nose, through your mouth, whatever's more comfortable for you, I always recommend through the nose. If you can take that breath through the nose for four seconds, let it out for six to eight seconds. So basically the idea is can you put enough attention to your breath where you're breathing out longer than breathing in. Now, this has an instantaneous calming effect to the nervous system, instantaneous. If you looked, if you went on to Google and you typed in physiological sigh, it's the same thing. It's like a built-in mechanism. When we're, when we're crying, we go, <laughs> so we take two short breaths in and to rebalance balance the chemistry within our body, we take a long breath out. Now, this helps to calm the system in, in so, in so, in so we don't go into a panic attack. We don't <laughs> keep going up. That long breath out, heaps to, it's a natural built-in reflex to calm the system. So you can access this whenever you want. If you're feeling anxious, take two breaths in and then... Mm. 10 seconds, eight seconds, 12 seconds. Now I do this when I meditate, I breathe in and then I kind of get the tight, like to the tip of the wave and then I breathe out, but my breaths out, I don't count them. I just let it go for as long as I can. And it just has a super soothing and calming effect to my body. And it's built into our biology. So you can, you can hack that just sitting on your couch before you go into a meeting when you're feeling anxious, scared, whatever, you can hack that by just taking two breaths in or one breath in, whichever whichever works, and like double in the breath out. Fascinating. You know, I'm going to share an anecdote of, of, out of my personal life, which is that there was this time when I meditated an hour. I still meditate a little bit, obviously, every every um every day, or I try to. But for two months, I was meditating an hour every day, and. At some point, I dug deep enough that I accessed something that was inside of me and it was some sort of a trauma and I processed it one way or another. And the result of that was that after basically many, many years, I kind of started crying again. And now I noticed that I try to cry at least once a month, you know, like it doesn't even have to be that something genuinely upsets me. To, to the point where I need to cry. But I think it's exactly what you've been talking about. It's this breathing that calms down my nervous system and just lets out some pressure out of it. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're allowing what's inside of you to, to come up and your body's not so tight and gris and, and, and holding on to it. Uh, that's really beautiful. Thanks for, thanks for sharing. Yeah, no, of course. Okay, well, I think we should wrap it up with this positive accent because there's been so many last questions. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's been amazing. It's been an amazing journey you took us on in the last two and a half hours. So major, major thanks to you and essentially all the best for you going forward to in, in terms of your uh, practice your business and your personal life, travels, whatever it is. And if you want to plug anything, 
um, whether it be your social media, the business you're working on, anything, anything, um, go for it. And I can also post some links to, to things um, in the description as well. Yeah, cool. Thanks. Now, thank you for allowing me on. This has been a, a nice experience. I, I didn't even realize two and a half hours. That's cool. Time flies when you're having fun. Um, in terms of a plug, yeah, uh, just access my Instagram um, through P underscore D-A-M-B-R-O-S-I-O. Uh, there I've got a link to my website, which is pauldambrosiohealth.com. Um, and yeah, I'm always posting, well, not always, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm not as frequent on social media as other practitioners out there, but often I'm posting uh, videos of different recipes or different practices, breathing, training. But uh, if you access me through my social media or my website, uh, yeah, that would be the best. Fantastic. Okay. Until next time, thanks for, ever for everyone who's tuning in. And uh, thank you very much for coming on again.